Welcome to The Winsome Creationist, where we explore God's world using a model-building approach, interact with a gracious tone, and take a firm stand on the literal truth of creation found in God's Word. Join host Steve Schramm and occasional guest as they explore the mysteries and majesties from creation to the flood, Babel to the cross, and everywhere in between. And now, here's your host. When it comes to the debate over the age of the earth, one of the biggest factors that need to be considered is the idea of the genealogies in the early chapters of Genesis, specifically in Genesis chapter 5 and in Genesis chapter 11. These genealogies are what most young earth creationists believe create the uh, correct chronological environment for understanding the true age of the earth. Here's how the argument uh, goes. It's relatively well known that the time from Abraham to about the time of Christ is around 2,000 years. Pretty obviously well known that from the time of Christ till today is around 2,000 years. And so the only thing left is the time essentially from Adam to the flood, okay? Or Adam to Abraham, essentially, is what we need to think about. And if you add up the ages of the uh, biblical genealogies in Genesis 5 and 11, and you look at all the chronological information presented in those first 11 chapters, you end up with another segment of somewhere around 2,000 years. And so we have this notion of a 6,000-year-old, roughly, age for the earth based on the history presented in the Bible. And there have been lots of challenges to this idea from people over the years. People talk about that the genealogies could be open instead of being closed. In other words, they are not strict relationships, you know, immediate family sort of relationships. Uh, that would be a closed genealogy where there wasn't any room for others to commit. So some think they are open. Others think that they just don't really matter in the sense that they're not communicating chronological information. They are some sort of ancient number cipher uh, or something like that, more so intended to communicate theological information. And there are lots of theories floating around about that. One of the things that I noticed on reading my Bible, um, uh, this has been probably a year or two ago now, but I've just been thinking about this more and wanted to bring it to your attention, is this idea that, well, what if other biblical characters sort of had information about the ages of these patriarchs that they could tell us? And I think we have a really interesting example of this in Genesis 47 and chapter, or verse number nine, excuse me. And this is where uh, Jacob is actually having a conversation with Pharaoh after the events of Joseph, uh, essentially, you know, being made to rule the land of Egypt, second in command. And Pharaoh is having a conversation with Joseph's father, Jacob. And this is what Jacob says, quote, And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are in hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been and have not attained unto the days of the years of my life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage, end quote. So we have this interesting scenario where at the time of this 
speaking, Jacob is 130 years old, and yet he's saying that he has not yet attained to the years of the life of his fathers in the days of their pilgrimage, okay? Now, that word fathers usually refers to distant ancestors in the way that it's used, although it can mean immediate family members as well, okay? So we have this interesting scenario set up. Did Jacob really know the age of his ancestors? Because here's the thing. Most people are fine, because they sort of have to be, with taking the idea that from Abraham on, we're looking at sort of an, an accurate historical picture, whereas in Genesis 1 through 11, it's not a sort of historical thing going on. It's historical in the sense that perhaps it happened, but it didn't happen in quite the way that the text uh, seems to state. Okay, so you have people like William Lane Craig who are going to call these first 11 chapters a mytho-history because it is historical information being communicated through the genre of of myth, uh, which, again, in the technical sense of myth, is not talking about a fairy tale or something like that. It's more so, it's etiological in nature. It's talking about the origin of a people group using a a story that is less than reality, okay, to, to put it one way. And so the the question is then, when Jacob was having this conversation with Pharaoh, what did he think about his fathers, right, about his ancestors? What did he think about how long they lived? Because it's interesting that he said that he's lived 130 years. By the way, he would go on to live 147 years, and he had not yet attained to the ages of his fathers. So obviously we have plenty of uh, examples in the text. If we're talking about their, uh, his, his distant ancestors, we have examples of people in the text that were 2,000, or excuse me, not 2,000, but were getting close to 1,000 years old, right? The oldest recorded being Methuselah, okay? But let's just say that we're going to go back to, um, to Abraham, and we'll allow one more just because I think it'll help put a point on this in Terah. Let's look at Abraham's father because we're introduced to Terah, and then Terah has Abraham, and then Abraham has Isaac, and then Isaac has Jacob. So Terah is a pretty big factor in this story. And I think uh, most people, especially if they were living these longer ages, um, most people still have their great-grandfather in mind when they're thinking about their ancestors or thinking about their fathers. And that's, you know, again, I would like to say that back in that day, it would even go beyond that, especially if these ages are true. But even in modern times, okay, even in modern times, I know many situations where the great-grandmother is considered very much a part of the family, okay? So let's just consider that and, and look from that perspective. So for the sake of argument, Terah, Abraham's father, lived 205 years. And we find that out in Genesis eleven thirty-two. Abraham, okay, Jacob's grandfather, lived 175 years. That's in Genesis 25, 7. Isaac, Jacob's father, lived 180 years. We find that in Genesis 35, 28. And Jacob himself, as we discussed, lived 147 years, which is in Genesis 47, 28. Now, here's my question as we look at this. Was Jacob, during this time period, where scholars seem to agree that we're actually reporting on history happening now, was Jacob really 147 years old? 
Was Isaac really 180 years old? Was Abraham really 175 years old? Was Terah really 205 years old? Now we have a, a, a problem here in my view. Because even these ages, during this period of time that's considered by most to, to be real history, we have these ages that are far beyond what even the oldest human that in modern times we're aware of has lived to. These ages are far beyond. Now, is 205 years in some sense more likely than 500, 600, or 900 years? Perhaps so. But it seems rather arbitrary to use this dividing line and say, oh, well, back here, we had these totally false ages that were in the four and five hundreds and beyond. But now we have these totally true ages that are in this 205 and, and, and below. These still seem much older. Whereas, if you just look at this from the way that most have looked at it over the centuries, as a gradual decline in the lifespans from the time of Adam to the time of sort of modern day, a gradual decline in the, in the length of time that people will live. And I know there's debate about this passage too, but even before the flood, uh, you know, God says that man's days on the earth is going to be 120 years. I think one interesting view on that is that's going to be about the age on average that a human can live, right? There's a couple examples that go a little beyond that. Again, I don't think that's supposed to be like a strictly literal number. It's like, yeah, humans are going to cap out at about 120 years old. Okay, just looking at the, the plain and simple of all of that, doesn't that seem to be true? It seems to be true that there's a gradual decline in ages from Adam and, and, and them living into the 900s to now Jacob going all the way down to 147, and then today we're somewhere around 120, okay? It seems relatively natural to look at the text that way and look at the text this way and to understand that actually being the case. So, um. Again, it's really difficult. It seems to me to sort of go against the argument that there's this huge dividing line between Genesis 1 through 11 in terms of the truthfulness of these ages and there's some sort of ancient numerical cipher and all of this versus when we get to what is considered real history where we're still having people, you know, living 205 years old, et cetera. It's a lot simpler and more logical explanation that this is just what happened. This is just the reality of the case. And if you're curious about sort of the line of argument here, I, I, I think this would be an example, and she might disagree with me, I'm not sure, but I think this would be an example of something like an undesigned coincidence, okay? And this is a term that Lydia McGrew has written about uh, quite recently. It, the term did not originate with her, at least I don't think. I know that she bases her work off of the work of another gentleman um, who had written before her, uh, and I think he's the one who coined the term undesigned coincidence. But the definition that she gives in her book is a notable connection between two or more accounts or texts that doesn't seem to have been planned by the person or people giving the accounts. Despite their apparent independence, the items fit together like pieces of a puzzle, okay? And again, some, especially in the more evangelical, the more traditional camp, is going to say, well, yeah, but didn't Moses write all of this, right? And it's sort of the same thing. Well, yeah, but again, the counter argument to that would be the people who say, well, yep, there really is a difference between Genesis 1 through 11 and Genesis 12 uh, through uh, uh, 50 or 48, or now I'm forgetting how many chapters are in Genesis. I think it's 50, right? So understanding that you can't have your cake and eat it too here, okay? It's like, if you see an apparent difference in this text, this seems to be something that 
actually uh, ravels them together. And the whole picture makes sense if you believe that Moses wrote the whole thing. Even if you don't believe that Moses wrote the whole thing, which some people don't, now you really have an undesigned coincidence. Like, let's say that you take the, um, you know, the JEPD theory, and you're going to have different views of, of different people writing different things, or even some sort of more advanced scribal editing theory, okay? No matter which way you slice it, it still seems really odd that Jacob actually believes that this is how uh, long his ancestors lived. So what we're looking at here that I can tell is really three options. And maybe I'm getting this wrong, but I don't think I am, okay? Uh, the three options to me, it seems, are uh, Jacob knew and he was wrong, okay? And if Jacob knew the ages uh, to be what they, what they were, and he knew his own age to be 147, and he was wrong about that, the Bible says he was wrong about that, then this seems to be an error. And, and to me, even the most radical accommodationist, I don't think could get around this. I don't, maybe I'm just missing something here, but I, I don't even think that, I mean, I think this would be a more egregious sort of accommodation for him to actually just be factually lying about his age to Pharaoh uh, than even to to say that he had some belief about the nature of the co uh, the cosmos or something as an ancient person that we don't have today. I don't even see how an accommodationist could get around this. So it, it seems to me that, if Jacob knew that he was 147 and wrote that he was 147 and uh, or, or it was recorded that he was 147 and yet he wasn't actually 147, then we have an error in the text. And I don't really see a great way to get around that. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, but I don't see a way around that. Okay, the second option is that Jacob knew and he was right. Now, uh, to me, this is the option that just seems right. It seems to me that he probably knew that he was 147 years old. He communicated that he was 147 years old. And so in that same vein, he knew that his ancestors had lived longer than him because he knew them and he knew when they lived. And why think that that number has to stop at Abraham or, or Terah or Terah's father? Like where, where does that number stop between when we start recording the reality of these ages versus the, uh, the deeper ages like into the 900s and such? Where is that line? Because it doesn't look like that. It looks like a nice gradient to me, not a, a, a defined line, okay? So it seems to me like Jacob knew his age and the age of the patriarchs, and, and he was right. And that just is the view that seems right if you're reading the text and has seemed right to people for a very long time. And then the third option is just that Jacob didn't know. Well, now this scene was really odd. Um, surely Jacob did know his age when he was telling Pharaoh, at least you know, within a, a, you know, some reasonable margin of error, maybe he had a year or two wrong, you know, something like that. I, I, I had one year when I, I thought I was like turning 33 or I thought I was turning um, 34. Yeah, it was, it was a, a couple of years ago. Like I thought I was turning 34, but I was actually only turning 33 and I was so excited. I got a year of my life back. Right. Um, so that sort of thing can happen, but it just seems really odd that, that he would be so far off as to, as to just have no clue the, his own age and the age of his immediate, um, family and, and, and fathers, and then even the distant ancestors uh, beyond there. It really seems unreasonable to me that he would know that, or that he wouldn't know that. Uh, so I don't think that Jacob knew and was wrong is, is the right way to look at it, and I don't think that Jacob didn't know is the right way to look at it. It seems to me that Jacob knew his age and the ages of the patriarchs, and that he was right, and that it was recorded that way by whoever wrote it, Moses or somebody else. So uh, that is a sort of an example, I think, of an undesigned coincidence that can really help to um, make, make a strong case for a, a textual argument for young age creationism, seeing as how important those genealogies are 
uh, to that belief. So I hope this has been something helpful for you. Uh, leave a comment below. Let's discuss this. If you think I'm way off base here, I'd love to hear why or know why. Maybe I missed something tremendously obvious. I don't know. I'd love to hear that. And um, yeah, we will uh, talk to you on the next episode of the podcast.